Hey guys, and welcome back to So Here's What Happened. After a small brief hiatus, we are back to talk about all the things we have watched and read, specifically Christmas edition. I am your host, Nisha, and I'm joined by... Carolyn! Yeah, we are back, and it's so good to see Carolyn's face again, and we could talk about things and catch up. Yeah, I know the last time we talked, the last we did a recording was for... um, Lovecraft Country. Yeah. The it was a final episode nine and ten recap when we were joined by Perdita. And mm-hmm. that was in October. So we have not had a podcast recording since the end of October. Into it. So we decided to make this episode all about Christmas, specifically just a few different things. We're gonna talk about Jingle Jangle, we're gonna talk about our favorite Christmas movies, and we're going to do a fun little thing that I came up with is the Christmas movie cliche bingo card we posted this on our um account for so here's what happened on twitter y'all are welcome to play along with us the reason that i made this originally was because my little sister and i and our mom my mom loves hallmark christmas movies i used to hate them because i'm like it's all the same mess that's the same man that was in the previous movie it's always about a busy businesswoman who's too busy for love who goes back to the small town where she falls in love and she learns the true meaning of christmas but I have since learned to appreciate them because they're fun to make fun of, but also sometimes they surprise me and make me feel things. But mostly I like to make fun of the cliches. So that's how we came up with the card. And the goal with this card isn't so much to get five in a row. The goal is just to check off as many things as you can with the movie that you're watching or that you've chosen. So with that, me and Carolyn decided to do this as like a fun you know, a little icebreaker thingy to start off this episode. So Carolyn, you want to take it away with your card? Yes. So my bingo card is eight. I have successfully made eight of them. Now, I will say I have not watched a proper, or I should not say proper, a full um, Christmas themed film. And since we're going probably off of Lifetime films, I generally tend to stay away from them because as as the whole purpose of this whole bingo card thing is because they are cliche and I can only take so much cliches. So Mm -hmm. I generally tend to stay away from them. But the reason I was even able to get it was because my sister was, my sister has been watching a lot of lifetime films recently. That's part of her COVID coping mechanism, just going Mm -hmm. to trash um, like reality TV shows and lifetime movies. So I just walked into her bedroom the other night. She was watching one called um, Let's Meet Again on Christmas Eve starring uh, Kyla Pratt. And this one is, is you would expect, it's, there's, high, there's um, college sweethearts. You know, I think they're going to be together all for, they're going to be together forever. Then he finds out, he then he gets this opportunity to go to Italy to study for two years, study photography and film for two years. And hmm. she's like, I can't stop you from going. So she tells him to go. He's like, well, how about you come with me? Like, no, sir, that is not what she said. So <laughs> I'm like, how is like, you expect her to drop her schooling and her dreams to go? Right. Like, Y'all no, she was like, can make this work. But the whole joke of it is they're acting like social media is not a thing. They're acting <laughs> like, like Zoom does not exist. They're acting like phone. Here's the, the, the phone does not exist because they're like, Oh, long distance relationships could are difficult, but they didn't even consider the fact. You know, we can discuss and talk. We can travel. Like airplanes do exist. It's, like, it's how we get in Italy, and they're like, we'll just have to end it all. I'm like, you didn't even try. 
What year is this? This thing, this film came out this year. Let me let me chat. Oh my god. It's not like it's not like it's even 2008. Like even in 2008, I could justify <laughs> breaking up with somebody and like you know not thinking about like oh yeah, social media can help us stay in touch. But wow, they just said nope. <laughs> yeah, they were like, nah, you're not even gonna try. Uh, let me see Ooh. when did it come out. Some some relationship they got there. Like like people like video calling is available. People texting. Long like long distance relationships can't work because communication is a like communication is not a challenge now anymore. But they just like right. so their whole thing is like they she they're like we're gonna meet back here at this spot by this tree on their on their in their town square or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, two, two years time. So the whole plot is of course two years goes by she comes back and he does not. Oh. Then even call to tell her that he's not coming. So that's so that's the whole thing. Even while they were apart, they didn't even contact each other, which is absurd. That so, is absurd. Because <laughs> you can you can at least tell somebody. Wow, wow. So which ones did so you he, get checked? He didn't off? even call to tell her that he's not even going to It's so ridiculous. So oh then my gosh. time goes by. Seven years. They go fast. Her seven years immediately back up, of course, because she's now, um, I think, an interior designer, and he is a famous photographer and documentary filmmaker <laughs> and and um and you know the usual father actually leave going on from there like you know uh we were once lovers and everything and like mm-hmm. you know they're inspired to fall in love again because her boss who's who's gay yay for representation but again you got a cliche representation yeah yeah you got the person from the marginalized community whether they're gay or black or whatever being the you can do it but uh, but it doesn't really have the same negative connotation this time because the main leads okay. are, are both black. So that kind of softens the little buster. Okay. But it would have been nice if it was a straight white woman was her assistant or her. But then again, no, you know what? Because that's her boss. He's her. You know what? I take that back. Actually, he's her boss. He's gay. And he is the person that tells her. It would have been great if she had a white female assistant. That would be different. But that would have been a different have, dynamic. I know. I have eight. So my eight are going to be um snow is clearly fake like there's seams you can tell it's like a sheet they laid on the ground and there's like wrinkles and everything they didn't even steam press it um <laughs> the town does something sappy for christmas this big whole celebration for christmas the college sweethearts um <laughs> um so so yeah so someone had their heart broken yes so he broke her heart two years later that was on, on christmas eve and mm. then they do they do something festive, which is the whole um decorate decorate put putting decorations on a Christmas tree. There's a wedding involved, of course. Of course. Um, <laughs> of course. Her best friend is black. And there's a dumb misunderstanding because for some reason he thinks that her boss who's gay is some guy she's dating. Like my dude, you could have just simply Googled the person. If you have the worst cliche ever is when another man sees a woman talking to another man. And they automatically assume that they are dating that man. But and vice versa for the women. He didn't even see. It was a phone call. It was a phone call? He heard her talking on the phone and assumed the person she's talking to is a man she's dating. Oh, my God. That is worse. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So, so, so that's it. I got eight on the bingo card. And I, I'm sure, like, you, you told me before we started recording, you have way more. So, I got, like... <laughs> So I kind of cheated 
but it is still a Christmas movie. It's a it's called a Christmas movie, Christmas, <laughs> where it truly leans into that is the whole title. That is the whole title, a Christmas movie, Christmas. When I tell you this movie is made for people like me who like to make fun of the cliches of Christmas movies because you have two sisters and one of them is kind of like cynical, like more like, no, I don't believe in like, I'm not that into the, the spirit of Christmas movies. And like the other one loves, like lives and breathes Christmas movies. Like she watches all of them and she's just like, no, I don't want to go out. And the other sister's more outgoing. And she likes to go on dates with guys. And the other one's just like, no, I can just fantasize about my dream man while I watch these Christmas movies. So somehow they get transported inside of a Christmas movie through the power of a Santa Claus on the street when they made a wish when they put money into the Salvation Army Santa's bucket. And they get transported inside of a Christmas movie. It doesn't specify that it's Hallmark or Lifetime. So I think that's on purpose. I don't know who made it, but it makes fun of Hallmark and Lifetime very clearly. So Mm. they get transported inside. The one sister's just like, this is a dream come true. We get to be like the main characters of a Christmas movie. And she like talks about all the cliches and things. Her boyfriend in the movie is a celebrity singer when she's all, and she's in a love triangle with the local innkeeper who's helping her plan the Christmas festival and the sister who's just like denying any kind of belief that this is real and happening and just like she I guess it's the Grinchy one but she there's a local baker who starts to fall in love with her so ridiculousness and cliches so I got uh one two three four Five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. Oh, fourteen. <laughs> How many squares are there in total? Huh? There's okay, so total there's one, two, three, four, five, one, two, three, twenty-five. And it I counted fourteen if you count the, the free space. So I won't mm-hmm. read through all of mine because we don't have to be here forever. <laughs> but I uh, put that the heroine is a busy businesswoman. They go back to a small town because in the movie they get transported to a small town that is supposed to be there, there as the characters. It's their small town. A child helps the adults realize they're in love. The child makes a Christmas wish. Um, love interest is a CEO, actor, etc. Um, love interest is the same actor from another movie, from another Christmas movie, which I always think is funny. Because they literally, all Christmas movies from Hallmark and Lifetime are just carbon copies. And they just keep doing it. It's the same actors. It's the same actors. And I'll just be like, it'd be like brown brunette, blonde, brown brunette, brown blonde, brown brunette, blonde, redhead, blonde, and then repeat. (laughs) So. No, but you're getting a few more people of color now, so. Oh, yeah, no, I think this year I've seen the most ever. Um, Like, I watched um, Kelly... Kelly Rowland's Christmas movie. It's yeah, a merry little. That one. I saw the end oh, of it. I saw the wedding. after the wedding part. I think that's when it came in. Yeah. yeah, that one is actually good. Like it's not too much of a cliche. I will say, you know, children can't act. I won't hold that against children in a, in a lifetime movie production. <laughs> but like, not, you're like, not much is required of you. Right, not much is required of you besides being cute and knowing how to cr- and cry on cue, but. Um, other things, yeah, the town does some big Christmas festival celebration. Someone had their heart broken around Christmas. 
yeah. So <laughs> it's it was it's funny, but like again, it just really leans into the cliches. So I probably cheated a little bit by choosing a movie that's built on cliches. But but, but yeah, for any of these Christmas movies are all gonna have the same thing. So it's like that is why it's a bingo card because like mm-hmm. you're gonna you're and it's gonna be the one and this one is gonna have air almost every boss ticked off, and I'm sure. There is a film that will have every box ticked up. I'm sure there is one that will. Oh, I'm sure. And I would like for our listeners, if they listen to this episode, I would like for y'all to play along with us and try to see if y'all find a movie that has all these on here, because that would be very interesting to see, especially if you can manage to get the love interest as a prince and they're a celebrity slash actor, which you might be able to do with a, Love triangle thrown in there. But anywho, mm-hmm. that is our bingo card game. But now let's get into our top. We just said top or like fav- our favorite, five favorite Christmas movies. You want to go first? Um, um, you can go first this time. Okay. So The Grinch with Jim, with, um, Jim Carrey. That is just number one for me. Um, I recently watched what was it see now i'm already blanking on mine but i'll just go with my classic ones home alone one and home alone two i will let both of those take up a spot together i mean not i will let them take one and two or two and three because home alone those are the only home alone movies to me i hate any of the other home alones that come after two because those are blasphemous and i hate them (laughs) they're not made for my Generation. They don't exist to me. I, li- I always actually forget there is anything past two. So yep. yep. And then there I like the do you know the like Christmas movies where like they're puppets? Like those kind of movies. They're it's not animatronics, but like it's people sometimes hate them because they're the very old-fashioned ones and they're the puppet ones. So they're it's not claymation, Maybe. but it's definitely puppets. So I love the one where it's Santa Claus is coming to town and it's specifically for Miss, the Heat Miser song, the Snow Miser and Heat Miser. <laughs> yeah, I know which one you mean, yeah. That mm-hmm. always used to show all the time on TV back home. Yeah. yeah. It's my, they're kind of creepy. The animation stuff was kind of creepy. Oh, it's creepy now if you look at it as an adult, but like as a child watching all of those, I'm just like, no, nah, this is my jam. I just want to watch the puppets dance, but ooh, <laughs> I probably just like got into it at the right time. So mm-hmm. there's that one. And then I guess my last one, it's, ooh, I had to look. Oh, Elf. Elf is, probably, is my five. So like, again, love Elf. Like I would almost say Elf and Grinch are right up there for me. And I'm sure mm-hmm. there's like other classic movies I'm like not thinking of right now, but those are my two go. Like I must watch these before Christmas or Christmas or it's not Christmas for me. Mm. What about yeah. you? For me, for me, I went with films that just generally are traditions in my household to watch. Okay. And um, so for me, my five are Cinderella 1997 starring Whitney Houston and um, Brandy. And I love that film. My sister and I, we watch it every year. We watch it Sundays twice a year for Christmas and sometime, some other time of the year, probably in the summer. You know, mm-hmm. all the, I, can, I can't really necessarily recite it from memory, but if we're watching, I can, I can say the dialogue right along with the actors. I know all mm-hmm. the songs. And I think you know the choreography for the ballroom dance. Probably not right now, but when I was younger, I used to do it all the time in my living room. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, my second film is Sound of Music 1965 starring Julie Andrews. A classic. It is not yeah. in the fact that it does it has the well, it does have the theme of Christmas in it because they it does take place over a long span of time. And there are a couple of times where um Christmas is the season. And I love it. Again, another another film where I know all the songs <laughs> and I'm always <laughs> I'm singing the theme song. I know I love it, I love it, I love it. Watch it every year. Next one is mm-hmm. Best Man Holiday 2013. This is the sequel to Best Man, um, the one with the wedding. Oh, and yeah. This is, you know, it, um, Tay Diggs and Marsh and all of those, like, love it. It's like, I think it is actually one of the best um, Black films from that um, that era because yeah. it does have its cliche moments, but you can't beat them singing Can You Stand the Rain? Like you can't beat that scene. That scene is, I think, is a classic and it's iconic within the black community across the diaspora. Um, yeah. Film yeah. number four. Well, a film that isn't really a film is um the Christmas special for Mr. Bean. So it's Merry Christmas, Mr. Bean from 1992. Okay. Every year back home that showed on TV every Christmas Eve, and we loved it. And because it's a Christmas theme, and we love it. And like the scene with the turkey is hilarious when he gets his whole head stuck in the turkey. You gotta watch it to understand. Love mm-hmm. it. And then I, know, I remember one, Mr. Bean. Like, I just... It's hilarious. I'm like... Then come through. Yeah, I, I definitely remember Mr. Bean. It was probably because I was born in 1991, but, like, I do remember the Christmas episode where he gets the turkey stuck on his head because I always see the gif and I'm like, I know this. And, yeah, you know, I like I loved Mr. Bean when I was little. He is hilarious. Like, when he sends himself the postcards and he opens it, he's, like, surprised. He's like... <gasps> Like you know, he doesn't talk. All you hear is like all you all you hear is just um, vocal expression. Yeah. Like you be like, and it's like I love him. Fred Rowan Atkinson is a fucking genius. Yeah. And then the last film is this Christmas 2007. Another one, another I think another black classic with Daroy Lindo, um, Regina Hall. I think um, Regina King is also in it. That's yep. where she beats her her husband with a belt. Which she's after. that's therapeutic. <laughs> Listen, every time <laughs> seen that film, probably. Every year since then, and he, I still share every time she whips that bell out and starts whipping him and yep. starts to set on the baby all iconic. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so that's my top five Christmas films. Um, I I just think that I love these films because they're I think they're 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 classics and they're just something that some of that I think was a cultural moment for for black people, especially like Cinderella. Um, yeah, and stuff like I just love them. My sister be watching. The time and like mm-hmm. you don't even have to watch them during Christmas. We watch them throughout the year. Nice. I like that. I like how you like took a little spin on it with like your own thing with it being like the traditional movies. So good, good things, good things. And I hope that our listeners, like, if y'all have not heard any of those movies, now y'all got like ten movies y'all can watch for Christmas to get into the spirit, or you know, just for entertainment's sake, because. That's what I like to do around this time. Like, mm-hmm. I just want to budge out, have cocoa, bake cookies, and watch all my Christmas movies. But yeah, with that, let's get into this jingle jangle review. So I'm pulling. I just want to pull up the summary real quick, and then we can dive into it. Okay, so let's get into our jingle jangle review. Jingle jangle: A Christmas Journey is a 2020 American Christmas musical fantasy film written and directed by David E. Talbert. It stars Forrest Whitaker, Keegan Michael Key, Hugh Bonville, Anika Noni Rose, Felicia Rashad, Lisa Davina, Philip Ricky Martin, and introducing Madeline Mills. So, just 
brief plot summary for y'all. Jeronicus Jingle, it, Jangle is a inventor, toy maker, owner of Jangles and Things, receives the final component of his latest invention that he believes will change his family's lives forever. This component helps create Don Juan Diego, a sentient matador doll. Jeronicus leaves to celebrate, leaving Diego in the store under the care of his apprentice, Gustafon. Gustafa, see, I cannot say his name. Gustafasan. I'm messing that up either way. Diego is distraught to learn that he will be mass produced, thus robbing him of his uniqueness. He manages to convince Gustafson, an aspiring inventor himself, to get back at Geronicus by taking Diego in his book of inventions. Uh, this hurts Geronicus, and other unfortunate things happen, causes an estrangement with his daughter, and we get into our movie. Mm-hmm. So, what did you think about Jingle Jangle? I love this film. It is, I think it's a beautiful film. Um, it's very heartfelt. Like you can tell that the director and who's the, also the, the main writer, um, David E. Talbert, like he put a lot of love into creating this story. And mm-hmm. you can tell that him, he, the production crew, the, um, everyone involved, the music, the costumes are stunning. You can tell they put mm-hmm. a lot of love and care into this film and the actors did amazing. And I think it's just great for, for the Black community to have a Black-centered film in this genre, which would be considered period fantasy genre. And I, I, yeah. it's great that we have this, like, I, I compared it a little bit to Cinderella. Mm-hmm. And um, and and then we, like, for the director, David Tapper, he said, like, he loves, like, old musicals, so it films like The Wiz. Mm. Um, influenced him a lot with this film and you can see it come through specific scenes especially like the scenes with um keegan michael key where he sings his song and i just love that we have we not only for us the older generations but the younger generations are going to have mm. their own black musical to sing and to watch and like normally if we have these kind of things they're usually stage productions and everyone can't get to watch a stage production because they're expensive or like they're held right. particular seasons or the tickets are you can't or they don't have access to getting them to get into these locations where they, these stage productions are done. But it's on Netflix, which gives it accessibility like all around the globe. So that's amazing. And mm-hmm. I, I just love Anika Nani Rose. Like she's not in it very long, but like she's very memorable. I think all of the yeah. songs are very memorable and especially the, um, journey played by Marilyn Mills like she's uh mm-hmm. she's an exceptional exceptionally well um uh, sorry an exceptional young lady and she's her voice is so powerful I and mean, when she sings her song about being um about the square root of impossible is me I'm like yes like mm-hmm. she just hits those notes and it's so good and it just makes you happy I can't help but smile and talk about it and it's like we have our own black musical adventure <laughs> period um family film like like, I don't think we've ever seen a film like this. Yeah, I would say I have never seen a film like this. Because, like, it does, for me, I agree with you, it does remind me of Cinderella, just, like, how the set design and just maybe the costuming, because it's a period piece. It makes you think of something that could... And I see what they did. is like, they the setting, the clothings, it's very Charles Dickens and, you know, a Christmas carol clothing. But, like, <laughs> it's supposed to be taking place, I would assume, like, you know, fantasy world, 18th, 19th century, 19th century, I should say, because, like, they have cars, but they're not, like, you know, super up-to-date cars. So I, I just really like, like, the little touches of, like, the, the set design 
And you're right. I could totally see this having been a musical. Have like this could have because they don't really take you anywhere, like location-wise. Like you have where you start out the main area where like most of the story takes place, and then you have like you know someone's home here, and then the the factory there. But it it very easily could have just been a stage piece, but. I think making it a full film, like it gives, like you said, it gives access to a lot of households. A lot of people can kind of get exposed to this new kind of musical. And I say like, you know, I think this is very different, especially for given like how one is predominantly black and it's like not predominantly black and about torture or pain or about, you know, um, slave, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's not, not no shame, no shade to a raisin in the sun. But that's, or like, light shade of Tyler Perry. But you get what I'm saying? Like, most productions, like stage productions or plays or musicals, I feel like when when I've seen that they are predominantly Black, they fall into this, like, we got to talk about our pain. And we got to talk about how this woman got cheated on and hurt. And, like, I don't, I just, I just want to see a nice family musical that is uplifting and cheerful for the holidays. And that does this. And it's nice. And again, like I said, no shade to those, but like, this is a film that like children can like watch and like be like, ooh, you know what? I remember when I first watched this with my parents and now maybe this will be somebody's tradition to watch with their family every year. And it's cute. And the music is really good. Like you said, Anika Nona Rose isn't in it long because she plays the grown up daughter of Jeronica's Jangle, but when she comes in and she sings, like she sings. And I'm just like, wait, memorable. Just if someone had to ask me what my favorite song is, like the one that she sang in, because just memorable. Oh, I love it so much. But it's just so good. And yeah, no, I, I was very impressed by the lead actress. Um, you said her name. I just don't pull it up again. Madeline Mills. Yeah, she plays. Yes. Yeah, the little, the little girl. I love that they kind of worked in the STEM aspect, you know, mm-hmm. like with the math and science and like, because I, I personally like that's my favorite thing right now is when we can see black kids and like other kids of color, like exploring STEM in a creative way. And it's not just like it's in a way that seems more creative and attention and it grabs their attention. And I think that's really cool that we see that. Because, you know, maybe some child is like, wait, she's doing math in her head. And like, but how it's presented is very creative and it's different. And I think it's like, ooh, maybe that could inspire somebody else to get into STEM. So I loved it. Yeah, I love that aspect of it, too. And it's not for me, it's not, it wasn't only about um, rep, or showing um, interest for young Black girls and Black men in STEM. But for yeah. me, it's also showed a little bit for people who are neurodivergent because like, the way how she thinks and she processes mm-hmm. um, math and information is kind of similar. How I do it, which is abstract, and right. like you know, and the way she she's able to figure out things differently and see things from a different perspective. That's something mm-hmm. that I, I relate to um, as well from uh, being neurodivergent. So I just love that, and I and I love how they incorporated different forms of black music into the mm-hmm. um, into the film. Like there's this scene um, where their where journey is throwing snowballs at Jeronica and so and it's, she's doing it as a way to get him to engage with her and one of the and the song that's played is a South African song I can't remember the genre but I think it's um it's very similar to um a genre of music called souk that is um a that's a Caribbean um South African amalgamation of music and it reminded mm-hmm. me a lot of that and 
I, I love that we got that. We got R&B, we got jazz, we got soul. Yeah. We got a lot of this um, just just showing like the, what black culture is, you know, and we got the hairstyles. We had like the black natural yeah. hairstyles representing of that women would have had in that era. And mm-hmm. you had like Felicia Rochelle. Like, I, I, like, I got to keep talking about this wig. Like, her wig is amazing. Like we as black women know what, what black women are capable of when it comes to wig making. Her wig is fantastic. Mm-hmm. And like, it's the best, best wig I've seen on TV. <laughs> I on, would say so. Air. I would say so because like when you're looking at it like, wow, did they break, did she get her hair braided? And it's just like, no, that's a wig. Mm-hmm. But it looks really good. Like, and I, it's the costuming. It's just like you can see that, like, they did not waste any money of this budget with, like, the costuming, the hair, the design. I think that's what makes it really, like, all these things make it a quality Christmas movie. Um, <laughs> and, you know, like, I like that how original it is. Like, <laughs> as we talk, as we ca- kicked off our episode talking about Christmas cliches, like, Christmas movie cliches. I really like that this movie is a an original piece. Mm-hmm. Like you have never seen a movie like this. Yes, you've seen characters who's like been downtrodden or do- or done wrong, and now they're a Grinch, and maybe they've closed themselves off, and then somebody comes in and they find love and they try to start over again. But I'm like, I like, I like how they did it in this movie because. Uh, like for y'all, like I didn't go into great detail, but like the reason that Anika Noni Rose's character and her father's character, the um, Jeronicus Jingle, becomes estranged is because like after having his inventions stolen from him, which that's also a relatable thing in the black culture, having your inventions stolen from you and then somebody else profiting from them. Um, but anyways, that happens and he basically faces financial ruin. And then on top of that, his wife gets sick and dies. And it's like, he, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. Maybe you can also touch on it, but it seemed like he closed himself off and he did not know how to mourn the loss of his wife while still taking care of his daughter. And that resulted in him kind of pushing her away, which like that was not his intention because he felt like a failure on his own. And she in turn felt that it was her fault. He made her feel like he, he did not intentionally do this, but he made her feel like it was her fault. And I think, and I like that we got that context because most Christmas movies don't give you that kind of conversation. Yeah. I'm sorry. I was just here looking up like here and makeup department. So Mm -hmm. um, I think the main here because let me see that main I think the main hairstylist is Anita Berger Berger she did that and nope. <laughs> like her like her and the and the hair makeup crew did a fantastic job. The costume design is by um Michael Wilkinson. So I suspect and I and he's well deserving of it is that it would be nominated that he's gonna get nominations nominations for costume design. He should and if he's yeah. not boo uh because he that like these costumes are stunning and um going back to I'm speaking of Jeronica's and his relationship with Jeremy mm-hmm. and with and with her mother yeah he he when his wife died he kind of disconnected he didn't know how to handle his grief and he didn't know mm-hmm. how to handle her grief and he can and he got lost in his work and then the fact that good <clears throat> that Gustafson had betrayed him and run off with his inventions before the wife died. He at first couldn't deal with that um, that betrayal. Mm-hmm. So then the business starts to fill because he, he lost his book of inventions. 
which I still think is kind of weird because I should have still been able to remember at least a good side of them that he could continue making work. But understood that's like the main, the, his book was gone. And then the wife got sick and she died. And he, on top of the business failing, being betrayed by someone that he trusted, his wife mm-hmm. died, he wasn't able to connect to his daughter. He wasn't able to be there for her. And right. then they just, they just drifted apart. And then he just kind of became a recluse. Like he wasn't interacting with people and you saw that he wasn't the same man he was when he was younger. And I think Forrest mm-hmm. Wicker does a fantastic job. Like, like who knew he could sing? I didn't know he could, I didn't know he could sing the way he does in the film. I did um, not either. And so he did a great job, but then, and the, um, but then Mally Mill comes in as Journey and she, she comes there to, to kind of like connect to him because she never met her grandfather. She didn't know anything about him. And then to find out that she has this connection with him with regards to her understanding, her love of science and mass and, and, and invention. And that's how they bond. They're able to bond through that. And I kind of related a little bit to that. Like my dad and I, when we first met, we kind of bonded through our, um, our love of science. And then mm-hmm. we had our own issues, but that's a different story. But I, I love that also. Um, like I remember when I did um, the wrong table with him, with David E. Tabert and his wife, Lynn Sizzle Tabert, who's the executive producer. Um, mm-hmm. Like he was very intentional about making when about addressing um, how Geronica's had basically emotionally abandoned his daughter, and then about apologizing for the hurt he had caused. I I had right. asked him like that. I'm like so I had asked him about that because we don't see that very often in films with black families. Like we talk mm-hmm. a lot about <laughs> about in black families where parents don't like to apologize because they're like I am the parent you don't have a right to question me my motivations or whatever but in this one like we got him explicitly apologizing to his daughter which was which I think was important and mm-hmm. and it was necessary and and I just love that they did that and you can tell they did everything with intention like another fact that they revealed in the brown table is that all the buildings shown in the film are named after black inventors scientists and mathematicians and 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 I and I love that they're showing that bit of black history. Um mm-hmm. and even if you're not even if you even we as an audience is not aware of it, the fact is that they did it purposely and they did it yeah. with intention to just have that kind of presence on the set. And I think that's important. And it's just a really good film. It's fun, it's entertaining, it's mm-hmm. beautiful, it's eye-catching. You can't get past all the colors. And I and I to me, it's a classic now. I think it's a Christmas classic. And it's one that I'll be watching every year. And it's on Netflix. So there's no reason for no one, not, if they have a Netflix account, not to be able to watch it. And right. I, I think it's, if we were to do this again next year with our top Christmas films, Jingle Jangle would probably be on my list. Yeah. Nice. I, I guess my closing thoughts on it are, like, I... Like for everything you just said, like how it touches all these things about black culture through the music and through the Easter eggs of like including black inventors and like just uh, like great representation too. It's just that like I really like a movie that is like you know blackity black black black, mm-hmm. but then it doesn't have to also like it doesn't it it does it without saying it. And I don't know like you know what I mean like there's no moment where someone has to be like um has to have their blackness validated or you know. Yeah. Like there's, there's no, I don't know how like to put it into words exactly, but I think we all know what I'm kind of getting at. It's just like, there's no, there's none of that here. And it's not that it, it's, it's just not necessary in this story. And I'm not saying that it's not necessary in other stories when it does happen, but it's just like, there's no one co- coming to Journey and telling her like, you are a smart, creative black girl. Journey knows. 
She's a smart and creative and capable, capable black girl. She doesn't like, I like that. We know that as we watch the show and it, it's not one of those things where like, we have to like, it has to be like spelled out for us. It's just, it's a known thing in this show. And I like how it's done throughout for other characters too. And yeah, I just, I feel like it's beautiful. I love all the things and how it touches on STEM and it gives representation. Beautiful movie. Love the album. I hope that it gets some nominations this upcoming award season. Um, seeing how, like, I can't think of no other musicals that came out this year that impressed me as much as this one. So, yeah, I really, I really, really hope that y'all will, if you have not seen it, go take a look at it, enjoy it. It's just a good Christmas movie. And I do think, I do agree with you. I think it, it has solidified itself as a classic. Like, it's not something that's easily forgettable. Like, I think classics are the ones that stick with us. So, yeah, with that, we can wrap up the show. Carolyn, where can they find you? And what things do you have coming up if you want to plug them? Yes. Um, so as usual, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Carrie C-N-H, so C-A-R-I-I-E-C-N-H-1-2. And this is the first time I'm going to be mentioning it here because we have been on break since October, but I started mm-hmm. a Korean or Asian drama podcast called the called Beyond the Romance Drama Podcast or Beyond the Romance for short. I have two episodes up. The first episode is about Coffee Prince, one of my all-time favorite K-dramas, K and they had their 13th anniversary this year, so they did a, a two-episode documentary special about the drama, and I discussed that with, jo- with two of my K-drama moots and K-pop moots, Josie and Joycelyn, and then for episode two, I discussed the beauty of is okay to not be okay with my friend Yatide Badaki, and we discussed all of the, the ways that show um, addresses mental illness, familiar relationships, healing, um, trauma, and it's, it's just beautiful. I think it's probably going to be in my top 10K dramas of all time, which says a lot. Um, you can find that one on Netflix. You can find that one on Netflix. You can find Coffee Prints on Vicky.com. And I will be having episodes coming out every month. I'm hoping to do every two weeks, but, you know, technology and schedules and everything. But mm-hmm. for now, I'm doing them every month. So you can look forward to my next episode. And um, apart from, and oh, I, I'm also like tweeting dramas as usual, but I'm using the hashtag dram, dramas with Carrie. So you can follow that hashtag on Twitter. Um, and as and as you know, I've been doing the round tables with the Africa, with Af- which is African American Film Critics Association. And we have been having round tables with b- black film and television creatives in the industry. And it's been amazing. We've done interviews with the cast and the director, Farrell Amor. We've done um, roundtables with the executive producers of Soul, the new picture, the new picture animated film coming out on Disney Plus soon. I think that's, I think it's coming out on Christmas. Uh, we've also done roundtables with um, Rada Blank, Remy Weeks, and David E. Talbert. We, as we just, uh, we talked about Daniel Jangles. We did an interview with him and his wife Lynn. And coming up, there will be interviews with the cat with the cast of One in Miami by Regina King. And um, there's a whole bunch that you can watch on the YouTube channel as well as at the site. So please go visit both sites, watch them and comment on them. And just let everyone know what you're thinking of all of the amazing black um, talent that we've seen this year. We've seen some really good films come out this year, beginning from Smith Sundance and going into January. And so 
Um, I think that's it. That's my plug. Yep, that's everything. Nice. Look at you staying busy and booked. Love to see it. I know, um, I'm not sure if that's what I'm not sure if that was a mess, but you know, I try my it's best. It's all good. <laughs> and for that, oh, almost forgot myself. Y'all can also follow our show at shwh underscore pod. Come join us over there. Chat with us. Tag us when you're talking. When you're reading about something, if you're watching something, and if you just want to recommend it to us to talk about it here, maybe me and Carolyn. You know, we like things. We have broad interests. Hit us up. And, you know, oh, also for me, you can find me at Nisha Plays on Twitter and Instagram, doing a bunch of things now that I have finished my first semester. But, like, honestly, y'all might just see me writing more manga reviews. That's about it. <laughs> I'm tired. Uh, but with that, y'all have a very safe and, and, like, lovely holiday season, whatever you celebrate. Merry Christmas and happy holidays from So Here's What Happened. Yes, everyone. Stay safe and wear a mask. Here you go. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.